Welcome to Natural Recovery from Suffering. This is Scott Killaby, my podcast. It's okay to be misunderstood. It's okay. Is that okay? <laughs> um, life is just one big misunderstanding. Isn't it, in a way? It's like, <laughs> I've got my view over here, and you've got your view over there, and they're very different. And I'm going to try to convince you that yours is wrong and mine is right. You're going to try to convince me that mine is wrong and yours is right. We're going to end up probably either getting mad at each other or, or walking away, and neither one will have accomplished the objective. Probably. Sometimes it happens. But mostly we all just kind of want to be right, don't we? And therefore we're kind of all misunderstanding each other. Because I don't think we really want to be right. I think we're trying to survive. And we're just misunderstanding that. Is it okay to misunderstand that? I don't know if that's, see, that's not okay <laughs> for me to misunderstand that because there's the root of my suffering. But it's okay to be understood. And the way that I'm okay to be understood is to get to the, the fact of my root of my suffering. It's okay to be misunderstood. I mean, look, okay, I'm sure you could get understanding if you surround yourself with people who agree with you. I've learned you can do that. I'm being flippant. Yeah, sarcastic. But you can, right? You can, you can get people to agree with you. And it's like we all have this understanding. We do it in relationships and organizations and businesses and, you know, cults and whatever else. We have this all this mutual understanding. We all believe the same thing. We all we we all agree. Yeah. So, you know, we don't misunderstand each other very much when we all agree, right? We're all safe, right? But any who's free there? Hmm. Because if somebody changes their vote there, then there's no understanding. See, because, wow, can we have understanding without agreement, first of all? Can I be different? Can I think differently? Can you be different? Can you think differently? Can I feel this, and is this okay? Can you feel that? Is that okay? To me, that's the deepest understanding, like the being and seeing of what is and allowing and yeah but before that can show up I do think we have to deal with this that we're not it's we're not okay being misunderstood which is another way of saying we just need to be right which is another way of saying we're trying to survive which is another way of saying we're not getting into the body sometimes or many times many of us and getting to the root of why we do all that and why we're suffering I've had long and arduous battles with 
trying to be understood. Um, so in other words, if I did something and, and somebody didn't like it, I would get triggered earlier in my life if I did or said something. And so a lot of times I just didn't say and do things because I was afraid of being misunderstood and getting hurt. I didn't want people to see me. So I stayed safe and all that. And that, that was fine, you know, I did, cause, and I surrounded myself with people who agreed with me and wouldn't hurt me, of course, by disagreeing or, because I was an anger repressor, people pleaser. So I was pretty protected from being misunderstood, you could say. You, if you're really quiet, if you repress anger and you go along with things, you, you don't have to feel that pain and that fear. Because like in a conversation, you won't try to be right. You know, you, you'll just like, oh yeah, you'll agree with people. You know what I mean? Yeah, what, whatever you said, right? And you're shaking your head up. Because really what's important to me is that you like me. <laughs> it's not that we're actually, you know, coming to an understanding. The understanding is that I'm going to sit here and shake my head and, and agree with you, even if I don't, because it's most important that I have to hold my anger back. Survive. But... When I got to law school, I, I learned I can't just completely hide. Now I've got to argue. I got to be an attorney. I'm going to argue. So here I am in court. And more chance of triggers when you have to speak up. Did you notice that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe not. Well, at least overt triggers, right? Because when, you, when you're really quiet, the triggers can be very quiet. It's like you just go into your room and feel wounded or something. That's how I lived. I'm just not understood. And by the way, I'm also not loved. I felt. When I started to come out of my shell more, it's like, or as an attorney and otherwise, and even before that, triggers always felt like, in some way, I felt misunderstood or I was trying to get somebody to understand me better. And they didn't. And that triggered me. Why aren't they understanding me? They don't see my point of view. What, and by the way, they're gaslighting me because they're presenting this other perspective. They're not understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> All that confusion was coming because I had buried anger, actually. But because it's simpler when you're not in repression, you know. You just f speak your feelings more. You're more authentic. And the, if you can't, the mind takes over trying to get understanding. Right, it's trying to stay safe, stay safe. Like trying to, you know what I mean? Have you ever done that where you're, you're trying to explain yourself? Like, no, you don't, you don't get it. No, let me explain. No, no, listen, you're wrong. I'm right. And then triggered, and lost in it. That can happen, but. Is it okay to be misunderstood and not have to correct it? You know, somebody misunderstands what you mean or you say or who you are even. Oh, I could never have done that. Like if you, if you think I am a certain way that I feel is very different than the way I am, I, that, I can't stand for that. That's how it used to be. Yeah, if you're over there thinking that I'm a narcissist or a, an abuser or something or a, or a weakling and a, whatever it is, 
I I used to have to correct that. <laughs> right? I have to correct that misunderstanding because I'm afraid. And because I haven't faced my fear, your name calling hurts me. I have to correct that because I can't be misunderstood. See? That's the trauma. That's the self-protective repression. Is I'm saying it's that's driving everything. I'm just that's the context of the podcast, really. I'm not just telling a story or giving anecdotes. Your repression and your your mechanism and the way that you respond may be very different than mine. A different story, but suffering is suffering. Is it okay to be misunderstood and then not have to correct it without avoiding your emotions? <laughs> because it's easy to do it is not correct something by disconnecting from somebody, right? You know, like somebody says, hey, you're a narcissist. Well, I'm just never going to speak to you again because I can't bear to face the, the, the emotions or the pain that that brings up in me. So I'm just going to disconnect from you and label you whatever I need to label you to protect myself from seeing that maybe you were saying something that I need to look at. But instead of looking at it, I might be too busy trying to make you see me differently, right? Because I'm not okay with being quote-unquote misunderstood because I'm not a narcissist, man. But we all have narcissism in us. Or we all have obnoxiousness. We all, all have all this in us. We all have weakness in us. We all have power. We're all everything, see? That's the misunderstanding. The real misunderstanding, right? Stay tuned. As we go deeper, okay, so I know something about being misunderstood, just like you do. We all do. Triggers, shadows. Somebody says something about you, it's just, you have to correct them. You might even get angry or hurt or shut down. And so, what do we do in spirituality? Just chase these triggers? Just process, these tr process the triggers? I say it's actually a really bad idea. If we're processing the stuff on the surface, because that's just the mask. If we process identity, we're just processing the, the thing on the surface that fools everybody. Because it's the repression below that that creates that. The real mis misunderstanding is at the repression level. We've buried stuff, and this is producing identity. I buried, of course, as you guys know, anger, Everybody has unprocessed fear. You know, if you have repression, because it's fear of anger, fear of sadness, fear of masculinity, expression. But I had anger, fear, um, shame, joy, repression, actually. And some other things, <clears throat> power, repression, it's so connected to anger, repression. And these are the things that I had buried, so I showed up <laughs> in life 
as these false identities. And I'll talk about them and how I was misunderstood and had to correct people. And I'm not going to go through crazy details, but just I got to get some real something really juicy at the end of this podcast in the last segment. Which may or may not be this one. We'll see. Well, you already know how many segments there are. So, um, okay, here it is. Buried anger. I remember going into seventh grade, and I don't have this specific memory. I actually don't. But I have a feeling that this was how seventh grade felt to me. It was middle school, and I just come from grade school being bullied for three years. Now it's middle school. All the elementary schools are joined together in one, you know, junior high basically. And I remember this memory of walking in and I, and it's, I now know what a, uh, a repression command is or a trauma response or command. And in this work, a command is something that tells you to do or not do something, say or not say something, feel or not feel something. So it's the internal control mechanism. It's unconscious and it quote unquote helps us survive. I hope you know what those quotes are about. That's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> um, so I buried, let's just start with femininity. And I've got something out of this. Okay, we have to talk about this. I got rewarded. I got good things out of repressing and holding back parts of myself. I am not kidding. I got laid. When I came out of the closet finally at age 20, and gay people do not use this word, get laid. I just have to use it because it's what I've heard straight men have used this back in the like 80s or 90s. And women are probably rolling their eyes right now like, oh God. <laughs> but yeah, it got me laid because by repressing the feminine when I was bullied and for the rest of my life, I appeared as straight acting gay. It's like an archetype in the so-called gay community. There's all kinds of archetypes, but the repression of femininity in a gay man can produce a straight-acting or masculine gay man, or more masculine, you know, <laughs> than other gay men, because some people might look at me and go, well, you're not really that masculine. But now I've come out of femininity repression, and if you say, well, you, you still don't really look feminine, well, you're not really looking at how I'm sitting right now. And hurry <laughs> I sit and watch TV with my legs, and you're like, oh, okay. I see. <laughs> um, or putting on makeup or making Chester look pretty. But so I can't be that straight acting queer completely, right? <laughs> because these other parts, this other part of me is out. So there's this balance that happens when we become what I call full spectrum. <laughs> that sounds really dramatic. Full spectrum just means we're actually allowing it all but even the buried stuff. And it's more post-repression, actually. Embodiment. Things balance each other out nicely so we can be what we really are, authenticity or love. We're going to get to that, hopefully, today. But I'm going to get to the part about being misunderstood, too. But look, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be found out as a straight acting gay, I didn't know that I was repressing the feminine. But gay men would look at me and go, mm-hmm, yeah, I know she's in there somewhere. Or something like that. And she was. But she wasn't ready to come out. And it, what she is, is like this 
uh, softer, kind of, but she can be a bitch. <laughs> because my anger came out with her, too. See? And so, but she also just loves sweet, pretty things. I love sweet, pretty things, too. And I like masculine things. It's, I love that balance for me. It's very non-dual, actually. feels that way for me. Um, but before all that, of course, I was not being understood. When I went into my, well, one of my first bands, my first really good bands, and this was the first band that got record label attention, and <clears throat> I have to talk about this, because I, I feel so, like, mm, sentimental in a way. This was a band, okay, remember, I repressed the feminine, so I get out of high school, I go into th with this band who's called The Swing, and I mean, our music was really good, guys. I'm not just saying that. I mean, because I'm not in this band anymore. I don't have an ego around it. It was just really good music, though. People would say, well, that's, a, that's an ego. No, no, it's not. Because I can't say that about all my bands. <laughs> I think ego would just think that anything you do is good. And, I, you know, songwriters can be critical. And I was back then. But anyway, this band was so fun. And it was perfect for me if I could be who I really was. I couldn't. I couldn't be that if, the, the, if the feminine part. Because this band, let me tell you, it was like me, very straight acting, blending in, gay guy, and then three other musicians, long black hair, painted nails guys, goth-like, very feminine. And the music was lush and beautiful and loud and aggressive, but in a way that was like very musical. Not aggressive in thrash metal, but it's, I, it's hard to explain, but lots of lush melodies and harmonies and odd chord changes. And kind of the cure meets, I don't know, <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins? Not really. <clears throat> anyway, we had record label attention. I sabotaged that, of course, because I couldn't be myself. All sabotages because we can't be our authentic self, and I couldn't. And my system couldn't handle being in that band and expressing that part of myself because I had trauma. And we could have been awesome. When we played live, it just felt so powerful because it's like, it's like a lot of really powerful feminine energy. And my voice was very airy and like light and, um, yeah. But male. So, interesting sound. Just an example of sabotage if you can't be yourself. You know, we get in our own way, and I did. Stay tuned. I got more. Well, I couldn't have made it big in that band, The Swing, because then I would have had to bend my authentic self. I would have been seen. I had to hide, so I sabotaged it. But see, it got to where I had to correct people when I have to be good within me got triggered, basically. The anger repression. So, I mean, look, I wouldn't let it happen, basically. Because if I can just go to swim practice every day and not yell at the coach like the other kids do and not blame or complain, then I'm going to get the best mental attitude award and the coach is going to love me. And I would also be like the most valuable swimmer. That has nothing to do with this. 
I'm just telling you how my life was a lie. I mean, I, I needed to complain and blame and get angry at swim practice sometimes. I needed that in order to be healthy, not to identify with it, but to be able to feel that because it was often grueling and difficult. See, so if somebody would have hit that along the way, saying I did something, you know, even as an attorney, I would dot all the I's and cross the T's, follow the ethics. When I was a treatment center owner, a couple treatment centers, I followed the code of ethics. I created like agencies that would fight fraud and abuse in the treatment field. And that would advocate for clients who weren't getting their own, the, the right health care. Uh, mental health and addiction. And so just fighting the good fight everywhere. Attorney who took on corporations who discriminated against African American and women. You see, I have to be good. Fight the good fight. Because deep inside I am bearing anger and I am pissed. And that's the real misunderstanding. But on the surface if you say something like, well you're not fighting the good fight or you question or challenge me about what I'm doing, I'd have to correct you, but I can't get angry. Remember, <laughs> can't do that. Well, nothing really though, is I always had to correct, I didn't want to feel, I thought, unlovable. And that was always something that, or not good enough, or something was wrong with me. I was always trying to correct that with inquiry. That was the problem. Staying just on the surface and not getting to the repression. That created those stories. Anger repression created those identities. But instead I was just going to the identities and processing, seeing those come and go in awareness. Not really processing, just see what they are. Just thoughts, feelings, coming and going and nothing or to nothing. Missing the repression and then would I correct people if they made me feel unlovable? Yes. But they wouldn't know I felt unlovable. And for a long time I didn't know that either because I was unconscious to it. I just felt a certain way, like when, my, as I've said, my husband would say, you should do that different. Just do it differently. Be different. <laughs> and I would, well, I, would, I wouldn't get angry. So I was an angry repressor, but I would feel hurt or wounded or upset like a euphemism for anger and I'd have to correct him don't tell me what to do please I mean don't boss me around I hate that <laughs> I, I wouldn't even get that aggressive frankly I would say that I would be much more like vulnerable which was completely fake because I was an anger repressor and I was just doing my best to stay safe and get his love but basically I had to correct him you know he would say the dishes go like that and I would say why do you care <laughs> then I play the non-dual thing like well that in your reality the dishes should go like that but that's not reality that's just your thoughts and in my thoughts they should go like this and just totally bamboozling him and me because I'm fucking pissed but I don't know it it's buried mm. yeah to correct other people to protect myself from that buried anger focus outward point outward <laughs> it's there they're the problem Shadow it out. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's more to come, and it gets gonna, it's going to get really juicy again by the last segment, so stay tuned.
Yeah, so I had to be good. And then I'd feel unlovable when someone didn't think I was good. Right? I didn't do the dishes right. I didn't know that was all the same thing. Because <laughs> I'm bad. I'm not lovable. The same feeling. Something's wrong. Something's deficient. That just means my anger was missing and other emotions were buried. I just didn't know that. And so it was all just a big misunderstanding. All the triggers. Total misunderstanding. I just couldn't be myself. I had to be triggered. We all have to suffer with buried emotions. Stay safe. Don't feel those. Get love and approval from others by showing up with a false identity. When people say something that goes against that identity, get triggered. Because, well, we can't be the thing that people say. We have to correct them. And, and we teachers are, you know, sleight of hand about it. It's what we omit, really. You know, we can be vague, we can be non-transparent, we can omit things and present a certain way. And then you shadow things onto us because we don't give you the real details of how or who we really are, emotionally or whatever else. We don't talk about our trauma or repression, none of that, a lot of us. And so, hmm, misunderstandings, a lot of shadowing in the spiritual world. And that's not just being taught, that the shadowing is not talking about other people. It's, it's being thinking that you're something and that they are something and really believing in the separation. When I talk about unconsciousness, I'm, I feel like be, it's, it's just across the board. <laughs> unconsciousness doesn't matter who you are. Teacher, student, seeker, mother, father, tennis player, janitor, whatever. <laughs> Black, white, gay, straight, Just misunderstanding is the suffering. We don't know who or what we are. We don't know that we're the presence. The presence is our true nature, you could say. But then we also don't know our authentic expression. We don't know that because we buried parts of ourselves, right? So here's the juicy part. <laughs> the part that I don't really want to talk about. Because I've told you already that I had these buried emotions and things and these produce produce these identities and then I get triggered if somebody didn't agree with how I presented um, but I would never get angry because I was presenting as good and peaceful lots of misunderstanding but you know I did that work through the years and I came out of angry pressure I found Hitler within me I found him <laughs> not a problem I already knew Gandhi um, I already had Gandhi but there were some other things in that spectrum. And, you know, I had been talking about narcissism on YouTube and Facebook and talking about how we shadow things around that. And what we people often talk about is grandiose narcissism. Is what it is, is the big energy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like charisma that doesn't show vulnerability or anything like that necessarily, or sadness or hurt, but would would be more like big. Just think like certain, mm, oh, not life coach, but what is it? Motivational speakers or spiritual teachers. I retracted my statements about Bentinho Massaro, not because I think he's a good or bad teacher. It had nothing to do with that. 
or whether he committed crimes or other things has nothing to do with that. Just that when I made statements about him, I was still just at the last layers of anger repression. It didn't feel right to keep that out there. And there was too many sort of anger repressing spiritual teachers who were talking about him, but just wouldn't do it publicly, which is how that usually goes. Got to be good. Got to be peaceful. Can't rock the boat. Some teachers don't even realize culturally how their culture plays on them. So there'll be some teachers in England who have even more repression around this and just can't talk about it. Lots of misunderstanding because of that. But Chester, my partner, had seen just a glancing at a video of that. He just saw the title and I was talking about that, but he didn't watch the video. But for him as a sadist repressor who it's safer for him to just get angry when he's triggered, he would use things that he might think might push a button. So I mean all kinds of things. We all, I mean, we all do it, but we do it. It's like the things that we don't like about people come out when we're triggered, right? Unless we bury it. So one day he said, narcissist, because he knew I did that video. He was just fishing for something, and it hit. It was a trigger. It was like, good job, babe. You got me. I don't know what this is about, but I don't like it. <laughs> um, because a trigger is where you just sit there, and you can't feel and or express whatever that is that would free you from that trigger, because it's like there's some hook there. This could be true, fuck. But see, the grandiose narcissist, so to speak, which is just big energy. I don't like narcissist, really, the word. It's big energy. Often comes from repressing vulnerable emotions. That's all that is. Those people are not always narcissists. Sometimes they might have those, we all have narcissism. <laughs> Our entire operating system is self-absorbed into safety and getting love and approval. No wonder we're talking about all the narcissists outside of ourselves because we have it in us. I didn't want to see that. No. All right, stay tuned. Here's the last part of, God damn it, am I a narcissist? This is the stuff that resting is awareness and other things like that just don't get to. So, okay, that day was a painful day, I'll just tell you. Because I, I was thinking, oh my God, am I a grandiose narcissist? Am I the thing that I really don't like out there? Hmm. Before I answer that, let me sh sh talk about something. Think about this energy is on a spectrum, and people are not generalities, but if I'm a teacher or a public figure or just a person who's not doesn't teach, doesn't have to be a teacher, just think about energy, I'm talking about teachers because this, I'm a teacher, and so he called me a narcissist, and I think this is relevant. But some of teachers have the big energy, they show that. They might hide the smaller or vulnerable energy or even loving energy. Just, it's a generality. On the other end of the spectrum, you might have anger repressing teachers like me who do not show up big. We might show up good, peaceful, kind, open, even vulnerable but not big necessarily and not angry, of course. 
Well, I fit on the end of the spectrum where those anger repressing teachers are. So I thought when Chester said that is, oh my God, I'm a narcissist of the grandiose kind, the big energy teachers. That's what Bentinho gets labeled. But it wasn't that. No, see, the word narcissist hit me because I still had that I have to be good coming from anger repression. And it's like this. Bad narcissist. You're a narcissist. I'm not. I'm good. I bury anger. I have to be good. And I have to have a shadow in you. Bad narcissist. That's how it felt with the Bentino video. So I retracted that because that came from anger repression and all these other teachers who had a problem with what he was doing but wouldn't dare say it. I couldn't do it. I could not. Not because I was afraid to, but because, I mean, it's shadow land everywhere, basically, all sides. All sides. And we're all just, we all have unconsciousness to some degree. So no, it wasn't that I was a grandiose narcissist, although some could say I am. It was more that, I w okay, what am I going to say here? How do I say this? Mm, I buried anger, and then I had a supply of people who also buried anger and other things. And I had pointers for those. For those I was using the word supply because that's a narcissist term. Um, people who came to my work, I gave them pointers that didn't get to the stuff that's scary. It kept them safe. So they can continue to get love and approval in their lives and not really go to the root of suffering totally. I didn't do this consciously. It's just how we are. Teachings, teachers often. <laughs> and no. here I am with a sort of supply. You know, it's really self-absorbed. It's to keep me safe. I've buried anger. I don't want to go there. And you. But the narcissistic part is it's about me. I'm teaching from anger repression. Really, it felt that way. And so that's why it hit. Because it did feel true, and I hadn't owned that. I hadn't owned that my repression had been run. Trauma runs everything. So a part of my teaching had been run by this. And just seeing it's like, now what do I do? Oh, by the way, I didn't correct <laughs> Chester. <laughs> I thought that he misunderstood me. But he was really just being a helper in that moment. A teacher. So where do you go now? Where do I go as a teacher? Can I just talk about love? What is it? It, to me, has to include all the emotions. Anger is love. Hurt is love. Fear is love. It all transmutes to such, to presence. But if we bury some of it, we want to be the other things that are... Right? You want to be these other things. Like, I have to be good. I have to be bad. I have to be whatever. And then we bury the stuff. But to be a teacher is to, it's just to be a person, is to be authentic. To be loved, but don't be, ugh. Don't be, uh, like, <laughs> it's not a trauma response. <laughs> be loving because we bury anger or something. No, loving because it includes that. It includes the narcissist and Hitler and Gandhi and all that. It's okay to be misunderstood. We're going to be until we get to the real misunderstanding, which is the repression.
Thank you. Good night. If you want to get started on this path, go to killaby.com, K-I-L-O-B-Y.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and let me guide you through a test which will show you if you have emotional repression, what emotions you bury, and how that produces suffering in your life. Killaby.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page.